Hi everyone, welcome to the first ever Wild Gravity Travel Cast. I actually started doing this on YouTube uh, a week ago on our four year anniversary. I decided to bring it to the podcasting forum, uh, as many suggested in private messages. So I want to go ahead and dive in and let you know what the show's going to be about. Uh, first of all, I'll tell you a little bit about ourselves. We, who is Wild Gravity Travels? Well. Um, it's composed of me and my husband, Brent, uh, running a website. Uh, it was devoted, it was a passion project, started originally to cover the parks in the Florida region with a fun and honest uh, outlook, and it expanded from there. Uh, we keep the fun and excitement in reporting uh, the best, what I feel is the best industry out there, which is travel. Uh, the name idea, a lot of people have asked that. Uh, I usually just reply to their question. I actually never really explained it. Um, the wild is because when we started covering the Florida parks, we did a lot of zoos and SeaWorld and Busch Gardens, and we do support those parks as well, still. So um, that was the wild. The gravity is obviously like the roller coasters, the thrill-seeking side for sure, and travels. You have to travel to get to these things, both of those things. And uh, we expanded a little bit into cruises, which is another passion of Brent and I. Um, our correspondents are Mike, Ray, and Michael O., as we say, Michael O and Ray are both in Florida. Mike is probably going to be in Florida before the end of this year. Uh, and the site, like I mentioned, just turned four years old. It started with Mako coverage. Uh, we actually launched our site on the day Mako was topped off, which means the top of the lift hill was finished. So that's all about Wild Gravity Travels. And I'm sure by now, if you're listening, you are wondering what this podcast will feature. My ideas currently range uh, in some of our special features, but I do want to definitely feature news since our last episode. I hope to do episodes near weekly, if not weekly, um, with a travel industry uh, in the travel industry with a focus on parks. Uh, the, that'll be a part of almost every episode unless we have a special interview or something like that. Uh, special interviews with friends and people in, in the industry to get their opinions on a subject or just join in for the fun conversation. Uh, we may invite listeners at some point uh, to call in um, and we'll do an interview, ask them what their favorite coasters are or maybe we'll be doing a top 10. Uh, Brent will definitely be joining in on several of our episodes uh, for sure. And I'm sure our correspondents will join in at some point or another as well. The biggest thing I want to stress is we are always going to have honest opinions and that is something I've always set out to make sure we do. Um, honest opinions uh, means if we think something's bad or something's terrible I'm gonna tell you or we are going to tell you um, in a polite way you know we're not just gonna say oh it sucks but uh, we're definitely going to give our honest opinion we're not paid by anybody we don't earn free cruises, free travel, free media events um, very often. And even when we do, the parks generally do appreciate the honest feedback more, unless you're some of the bigger name parks and companies. So, and we, we're not really worried about the media events. We're worried about giving our honest opinion because I don't like to lie. And uh, I don't generally respect those who do just to get free stuff. So, get off my little soapbox there. Uh, the show will also feature feedback from you, our listeners, 
Uh, we're recording and posting on anchor.fm slash wildgravitytravels. Uh, so you can actually use that to record and write us a question. Uh, I'm told. I'm still new to the whole podcasting thing, so I'm learning this as I go. Uh, I hope you stick with me through the journey. I'm sure it will just continue to get better. Um, but if you have any questions, please reach out. If you have any advice or tips, uh, please reach out. I'm always happy for, uh, to hear constructive criticism. Uh, I'd love to improve this so that it can make it a show that you want to listen to, and that's what's most important to me. Um, and I do know that there are tons of podcasts like this out there uh, to listen to, so if you have an idea of something that you haven't heard or you know something you've always wanted to know about, uh, we have several correspondents, including myself, uh, and Brent. We've worked in the industry for a long time. We consulted people on several projects. Uh, we worked several different rides um, at most of the Orlando parks, as well as uh, some parks up here in Ohio, where we are currently live from, or recording from rather, not live. So moving on, we will uh, talk about what's gonna be in this episode. And in this episode, it's not gonna be a whole lot because of the longer introduction, uh, but we are going to take a look at some new highlights since the new year began um, in the news in the industry. Something, some of the, few of the highlights that I uh, uh, want to touch on, newsworthy to me. Uh, and again, you can give me feedback if you think I missed something. Uh, and we'll also, I'm going to give you my top three things uh, that I'm looking forward to in 2019 as far as new debuts in the amusement and theme park world as well as one more fourth little wild card that I think could be a big hit. Okay, so welcome to our first highlights section. Um, just a few news things I want to definitely touch on that we've posted about on our website wildgravitytravels.com. Be sure to check that out for all the concept arts and everything like that. Um, the first one is a big one to me, uh, and that is the Hershey Park groundbreaking uh, for the Hershey's Chocolate Town, the new entrance arrival experience. It's got dining, it's got a new boutique-style shop, ice cream parlor, and most importantly for a lot of us out there who love big thrill rides, the 15th coaster coming to the park. Um, the carousel also being relocated down the hill and a completely new entrance being built. Uh, not anything too spectacular released, but we did get a map showing off where each of the things are going to be. And honestly, I think it's, it's a massive improvement. It's $150 million, and when you really think about it, the coaster is probably only going to cost at probably at maximum $40 million. Um, so I would say that... This is a, a big investment by Hershey to definitely enhance their arrival experience. And again, we've got those renderings on our site uh, with lots of details shown off. And I'm just really excited about that as well. That's not actually going to be completed until 2020. So that'll be um, still about a, a year away, more than a year away actually. Uh, before Hershey kicks off its 2020 season, I would imagine that would be completed. And there's just tons of great concepts coming out now, and we will get another update from them, according to their website, this summer. So hopefully we'll get some more details on what's going on with that. The next one 
is a little bit um, less exciting, I guess you would say. Uh, it's another Mako, and it's a dive coaster. My feelings on dive coasters is that they are gimmick coasters, and that is my opinion, truthfully and honestly. They're built to dive straight down, and unless you're doing something spectacular, like Yukon Striker is actually doing, opening next year at Canada's Wonderland with diving through a tunnel, uh, you're not... The coaster's short. It doesn't offer much. You could do a lot more with a floorless coaster, in my opinion. Um, but another Mako, this one, a dive coaster, about 153 feet tall, coming to SeaWorld San Diego in 2020. Um, I also kind of feel like, and I know Six Flags is m most guilty of this, but it's kind of lazy to reuse a name over and over. And I get that the copyright thing is easier, and there's probably a lot of uh, ways to save money that they're doing to do the, or using to do this. But to just use Mako again and reuse the re-themes of designers that are no longer with the company for one reason or another it is kind of lazy in my opinion. Uh, if you Let me know what you think. Do you think it's lazy? Do you like dive coasters? Uh, give me some feedback on that. Uh, I personally, I'm, it's not going to get me to go to SeaWorld San Diego. I realize I'm probably not the target audience. Uh, it's nice to see SeaWorld San Diego getting another coaster after getting Electric Eel and getting Tidal Twister um, next year, or this year now, I believe. So, yeah, actually this year, because we're in 2019. So, that's, I, I don't know, I'm just, I've never been a fan of dive coasters. My current favorite is Valraven, but again, to me it's just always been a gimmick. Sheikra's not my favorite, Griffin's not in my, none of them are in my top 25, probably. If, if we really broke that down. Um, and finally, uh, for those who haven't seen, Firehawk here at Kings Island is uh, coming down. It's being scrapped. There's been pictures from the uh, company tearing it down, showing off video and pictures of them pulling apart the final helix. I know a lot of you are happy about this because it is a Vacoma Flying Dutchman. It was originally at Six Flags Worlds of Adventure at Geauga Lake and um, was relocated here after Kinzel bought the park and chose to tear it to close the park because it was too close to his precious beauty Cedar Point and couldn't deal with handling two parks that close to each other again personal opinion um, but Firehawk is coming down it's being scrapped uh, we have learned through a few sources that the steel is going to Claremont Steel um, on the east side of town now of Cincinnati, obviously. Um, now, Claremont Steel makes all of the B&M track, and I'm just going to give you a fun little conspiracy theory here that uh, we haven't thought about, and I haven't heard anybody else talk about the steel going to Claremont Steel Fabricators, but if it truly is, this is going to be an interesting one because a lot of the Kings Island fanboys all over the place are raving about getting a B&M Giga Coaster, much like Fury 325 for 2020, maybe 2021. And I think it's fun to think about at least, at the very least, that Firehawk could be scrapped and reused to make the track for that coaster coming to Kings Island. It could also be used for the Mako coaster going to SeaWorld San Diego. It could be used for several B&M coaster projects that I'm sure we don't know about yet for 2020. But it is fun to think about that as a cool little connection, possibly. Not saying it's going to happen. But uh, again, if you haven't heard, um, 
this is from a few sources that generally know their stuff. I don't reveal my sources ever, uh, but the steel is reportedly been sold to Claremont Steel from Firehawk. A lot of the trains and parts um, have been sent to Carowinds already for use on their coaster. And that is about it for the news section of this episode. They're just the three things. So Hershey Park groundbreaking, another Mako, and Firehawk coming down. Um, again, if you have any more news you want to submit, we'll definitely touch on it. Give us your thoughts on everything. And remember that you can see all of these renderings, pictures, and news stories on our site, wildgravitytravels.com. So here we are in 2019. The years just began, uh, begun, um, and we've got. I've got a few things I'm definitely looking forward to checking out. Looking forward to trying this year, seeing how they develop, how things go down, how fans react. Um, and I'm gonna. I'm in no particular order, but I, I do believe I have these in pretty much excitable order. And the first one should be pretty obvious. It's going to be an enough said situation, but it's Star Wars Land. We've got that coming to Disneyland and Walt Disney World this year. Uh, Millennium Falcon ride. I haven't been following it in de as in-depth as some of the Florida people have now. Um, but it's definitely an exciting thing to see that land come to life. And you, I doubt they can botch it the way they botched the rushed Toy Story Land at Hollywood Studios as far as Florida's concerned. I'm interested to see how they've squeezed it all into Disneyland at some point, but Star Wars Land definitely one of the most anticipated things coming, and that's been like since two, three years ago since we learned about it. Another one, uh, we followed a lot more extensively through the late summer, early fall, even into the winter season when we went down there, um, but that's Wildwood Grove, and that's at Dollywood. And Wildwood Grove is a whole new family-style land. Uh, it's themed. It's got a new coaster, several new rides, a new eatery, uh, southern-style, like, Mexican food, it seems like. And Wildwood Grove just seemed... I, I don't know. I'm just really excited to go down. We're hopefully going to go down and check that out in March during the media preview or a little after that, maybe opening weekend, the weekend after that. Uh, but Wildwood Grove is definitely high on my list. I know... From a thrill standpoint, there's not a lot of thrilling things there, but I think it's a wonderful addition to Dollywood, um, especially given its location in the park. It's it's on the complete other side of the park is Country Fair, so it gives it it gives the park two kids areas um, to hang out at, and also is near Thrills. It's near Thunderhead and Mystery Mine, so you know the the older members of the family can still go do stuff, and Wild Grove is also right there as well. Um, so they've been doing a, a lot of good job uh, with developing the land, and I will give them a shout out for the past uh, this past winter with Glacier Ridge. We got to check that out. We've got a couple videos on our YouTube page. Be sure to check that out. Um, and Glacier Ridge was just spectacular. The tree, um, all the lights, the northern lights by Tennessee Tornado, the audio, and the lights were just perfect. I, I was I was enthralled. I was obsessed with it while we were there. You can definitely ask Brent about that. I, I loved standing there. Um, next up is one that a lot of people were exci are excited for, I'm definitely excited for, is Copperhead Strike at Carowinds. Uh, I think it's going to be a surprise hit. It is a Mac coaster, um, and it 
is pretty much track complete. We got a picture of the barn, I believe, yesterday or the day before. Um, and it's it just looks like a great themed coaster. It looks like probably it could be one of Carowinds' best coasters in the park. I think it's going to fit in nicely as a family coaster probably uh, with its inversions and its speed level. And I love the color scheme. I love that like burnt orange, brownish color scheme. And the whole storyline, the promotion, uh, I guess I was kind of a sucker for it. I know we did several posts. You can go back and look at it before we even knew the name. The walls had so many little hints, little shout-outs. Cedar Fair did a great job like integrating other parks into the marketing campaign for the ride. And they just made it really exciting to um, check out and to, to anticipate what the announcement was going to be. So Copperhead Strike, definitely the... Uh, uh, an anticipated coaster for me. And I know Six Flags has lots of coasters coming. I'm excited for those, but not as excited as I am for these three things that I listed above. The Land, Wildwood Grove, Star Wars Land, and Copperhead Strike. Now I'm going to give you a wild card. I kind of hinted about this earlier. Um, something that could be a, a hit, but also a good financial move for a park if they get the right weather. Canada's Wonderland having Winterfest could actually draw in more attendance than Yukon Striker. And I want to let that sink in to a lot of us coaster enthusiast people listening, but that park is the highest attended Cedar Fair Park year after year, and that is because it is basically the babysitter and the only park outside of the Toronto market. Toronto has uh, what I'm told, according to my Google searches, about 12 to 15 million people, so imagine even a small percentage of those people descending on the park at any given day. Canada's Wonderland has never been dead, has never been not busy when we've been there. Um, we've only been there like five times, but every weekend and time we've spent up there, it's been busy. So I think it has a chance to be a hit. I also fell in love with the concept art of the Wonder Mountain in the background instead of the Eiffel Tower being all lit up with the lights and the Christmas lights on their street. The way their entrance area is laid out is a little different from King's Island, King's Dominion. Um, it has the fountain, but it's a little different with the mountain in the background. So... Uh, that's that's a wild card I think is going to benefit everybody. I hope to get up there for Winterfest. I don't know that it's going to happen uh, this Christmas. That's so many months away, so long to plan for. Um, so we'll see how it does, see how it's received. I'm very interested to find out. Uh, the only downside for them, obviously, is they don't have a lot of indoor rides, so I'm curious to see how, if a colder they get a colder winter season, um, how that tends to affect their attendance and if it just becomes pass holders and they don't make much money if they would continue forth with it but I think it will be successful I'm hopeful for them uh, to be successful so those are the things I most look forward to I want to hear from you guys I want to hear uh, what coaster what ride what area you're most looking forward to that opens in 2019 um, and I know we've got a lot of 2020 projects coming out already but I want to hear what you guys think for 2019 so far and and what you're looking forward to at any given point so again uh, use that feedback section on anchor or you can also just comment on a social page uh, send us a message uh, on our website and we will definitely get your questions in well that's gonna about wrap up our 
first ever Wild Gravity Travelcast. If you have a new name idea for it, um, welcome to that. Thanks for listening to the first ever episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and as I mentioned from the from the beginning, it is a work in progress. I hope to make it something you, the listener, can come to know and enjoy listening to, whether it be on your way to work, at school, or just at home when you're bored and it's snowing, or if you're in a cold climate, that is. Um, and again, make sure you can uh, submit feedback. Let us know what you think um, on our social pages through the Anchor app. Uh, I look forward to hearing from everybody. Uh, please subscribe. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite uh, social media platform or through the Anchor app uh, or on anchor.fm slash wildgravitytravels. No spaces on Wild Gravity Travels. Uh, check out our website, uh, wildgravitytravels.com. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Uh, dot com slash wild gravity travels facebook.com slash wild gravity travels and twitter at wild gravity trvl uh, for even more content and you get to see the concept arts that we discussed earlier and all of that next time on wild gravity travel cast i haven't really come up with the special feature yet but again we will feature the news of the week uh, anything major news breaking that want to talk about uh, Brent will be headed over to Abu Dhabi and Dubai, so I'm sure he'll have a trip report, if not in next week's episode, the following episode, to talk to us about a little bit. So I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, he's more specifically going to Warner Brothers World, uh, which opened last year, so I'm sure he'll have some stuff to talk about there. He'll be featured in the episode uh, a lot of ep- different episodes as well. So uh, look forward to that, and that will about do it for us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking through it, and have a great week ahead, everybody. <laughs>